realize that these are some of the greatest people in the world that are sitting in the seats here at Valley Community. And we want to invite you to come and be with us. Scripture talks about not forsaking uh, the assembling together. And there's something different, something very peculiar, something great of having us sit down together and worship the Lord together and hear the Word of God. I'm excited about the Word that I'm bringing to you today as we continue talking about finances. But let me just say this to you before we dive in. Your past may include painful memories, but God has the power to redeem your past and bless your future. And today I'm going to give you uh, more regarding going to greater levels and giving you the 10 decrees in God's kingdom regarding finances. But tonight, I want to remind you, at 6 o'clock, we gather together in our Bible studies across the way with the youth and the children, and also in here uh, at 6 o'clock with all the adults. If you've never done this before, just taken another step of Bible study, I want you to recognize that God is doing something uh, very unique in our world. The teaching in our world is uh, going to another level. I have listened to mentors of mine, uh, people that have taught me, and listening to them, either my revelation of what they're saying and or how they are bringing it forth, uh, it's powerful. There's a new anointing. And I am glad that I'm walking in that same type of anointing. And I'm not saying that as in uh, being braggadocious or you know, that I'm good at it. I'm just telling you, there's an anointing that I trust in the Lord, and it is happening. In these days, with all that's going on in these days, God is giving uh, mankind a truth that will set you free. Now, tonight, I'm going to give you biblical answers to life questions. There are some things going on in our world today that even as a Christian, you look at it and you're like, what? And not really sure what's going on. I'm beginning a new series, and I'm going to be answering a lot of questions uh, to the lot of things that are being spoken of as truth in our world that really isn't truth, or if it is, it is something from the Bible, and we need to really recognize it was the creator that created it and brought forth that truth. Next door, I want you to continue to thank the Lord for what he's doing in the beautification of our facility. Uh, hopefully by this fall, we'll begin uh, reconstruction and all the above in our sanctuary, our foyer, our offices, and our classrooms. We will begin to do that. And uh, I want to say to you, thank you. Uh, we spent $54,000 to beautify our learning center, and it is beautiful. And uh, we have now $14,900 left to pay that off. Of course, as I told you, we have the money in the bank, but uh, we need to have, uh, as, as the old term is, we need to have some skin in this. And we really need to allow ourselves and avail ourselves to give. So my wife and I have uh, dug into our savings. Uh, we've given above and beyond. 
and we will continue uh, to give in that as I will give this uh, in the offering later on. So just to remind you of that, if you do not have the building fund envelope, you can get those in the foyer and uh, you can continue to give in that area. How do we reach greater levels in the kingdom of God? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we bow our knees to the power and the authority of the word of God, that it is our lifestyle. It is the answer to everything in our life. Lord, open our ears and our hearts to hear what you have to say to us today. Now, we're again talking about going into new levels, having breakthrough, and this time we're talking about finances. Going to a new level that we've learned in faith, going to a new level with family, with freedom and in fun. But in reality, everything that we do is wrapped around in finances. And let me just say this to you, that is not a religious thing, that is the way God created it. God created finances to be one of the most important things in your life and in mine in how we reach the prosperity of the kingdom of God in our life. So the beginning of this series, I told you one of the major problems we have that hinder new levels in every area of our life is stewarding our finances. Not just lack of giving, because that's where when people talk about stewarding, it's just about giving. It is part of it, but it is stewarding God's kingdom. It is stewarding every area of our life with the principles of God's kingdom. Some people think regarding finances, I'm giving, but I'm still in debt. Many think giving is the magic formula that eradicates all debt. And I want to tell you, that's not what the Bible says. Or it will eradicate the mistakes that we made in stewarding. No, it does not. Some believe if you give enough or long enough, a money tree will pop up into their front yard. And that just doesn't happen. There are other financial principles in the Bible that you and I must know and live by in our life. And it doesn't have to do with the, the dollar bill. It has more to do with the heart, as Pastor Ryan was talking about. Last time we were together, we talked about the first three decrees the word proclaims regarding our finances. So here's the fourth decree. You shall be a good steward. You shall be a good steward. Remember, last time we used the Ten Commandments, and we're going to continue with that. And with the Ten Commandments, we're going to call it the Ten Decrees that match the Ten Commandments in regarding to finances. Exodus 20, verse 8, we're going to use the Fourth Commandment in this Fourth Decree. And it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remembering the Sabbath day is all about being a good steward. 
The reason you remember the Sabbath day is so you will steward the time you have on this earth. Scripture tells us we are appointed a time on this earth. And Scripture also tells us we are to steward all that time according to kingdom realities. Seven days a week, in order to be a good steward of those days, you have to rest one day. Did you know one of God's decrees includes fun? We talked about that, having fun. But you need to rest to do it. A lot of people have fun and then they have to rest because they had too much fun. But we have to live a lifestyle to where we are planning and stewarding our life. We're gonna dig into this today. And, and I'm gonna talk fast, but I want you to understand, you can go online, listen to it again, you can, you can purchase uh, the CDs, but listen very closely, please. In God's kingdom, he has given you three areas in your life, choices, notice I said choices, to steward, because God set the kingdom of God up to be a person that lives in freedom, not bondage. So we are to choose to steward your time, your treasure, and your talent. Your time, your treasure, and your talent. How are you stewarding these three areas of your life? If you want to live a prosperous and an overwhelming blessed life on this earth, you need to steward time, which is your family, your work, etc. You need to steward your treasure. It's your money, tithing, giving, prospering, and your talent. Your talent, as every one of you, has a talent that is God-given, that no one else can do. Oh yeah, there's other people that have my same talent. No, there's not, no one else that can do what you're called to do. God gifted you and you need to steward your talent. You need to understand what it is and steward. You need to understand your treasure and steward it. You need to understand your time and steward it. In Matthew 25, we won't read it because of time, but it is the parable of the talents. Remember, Jesus gave five talents to one person, gave two talents to another, and one talent to another. In the world today, people say that's unfair. But after a while, he came back and said, what did you do with your talent? The guy that had five talents made five more. The guy that had two talents made two more, and the guy that had one talent went ahead and walked in fear, put it in the ground, and then gave it back to the Lord. And we find in Scripture that the Lord scolds this guy big time for putting it in the ground. You know, I, I'm thinking, you know, the Lord could have just said, well, at least you didn't lose it. But the Lord does not call maintaining faithfulness. I'll say that again. The Lord does not call maintaining faithfulness. One guy increases, another guy increases, 
and one guy maintained, and God called it unfaithful. So follow the thought process of kingdom wisdom. Gaining ground, taking ground, and increasing is being faithful or going farther or further. Taking what God has given you and using it is the definition of going further. We take what God gives us, not what man gives us. Not, listen, not what life gives us, but what God gives us. Because life will give you things you're not supposed to have. And life will take away things that you're supposed to have. So Jesus scolds this guy for not getting interest in the bank. Scripture actually says that. Jesus then takes the one talent and gives it to the guy who has, remember, 10 talents. Matthew 25, 29 says this, for to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Well, that is selfish. That's wrong as we're reading that. But we're reading that with the world's mentality. Jesus is opposite of Robin Hood. He took from the poor and gave it to the rich. I know right now, half of you are very uncomfortable because of what the world is trying to brainwash you with. See, he didn't give it to the guy who was middle class or the guy that was poor. I'm really trying to shake your thinking because that's not really what happened here. But a lot of people look at it that way. And they will live their lives opposite of kingdom reality and they will not walk in the blessings of God because they've been deceived by the lies of the enemy or the lies of the world. Now, I didn't understand this at the beginning of my life with the Lord. When I first became born again, I read this scripture and I thought, that's not fair. But now this is what it appears to us, but that's not what happened. Why? We know God's heart towards the poor. And we should have the same heart. You will get God's attention when you take care of three groups of people. This is biblical. This is kingdom. This is a daily lifestyle that you and I should live. That we are to care for the poor. We are to care for the orphans. And we are to care for widows indeed. Now let me explain widows indeed. Scripture, when it says widows, it's actually the Greek text, widows indeed. Widows indeed are widows that do not have the family. They do not have family. There are many widows who have family, and it's the responsibility of family to take care of their mom, grandma, great-grandma, sister, or widower, brother. God will bless you if you do it with a pure heart, So those three are biblical kingdom realities 
regarding stewarding and or finances. So God's heart and our heart is for the poor. So I was just trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, shake up your, your thinking here so you'd really hear what God's kingdom says. So please see, see this. This is not saying in any way the rich get richer or the poor get poorer. This is what the story is saying. Listen, God takes from bad stewards and gives it to good stewards. I'm going to say it again. God gives things to good stewards and takes from bad stewards. And when people are not good stewards of life, things are taken away. First of all, there are times to protect the stewards, good stewards, God will take away from the bad. But there's an enemy out there that there's a kingdom reality if we're living our life as a bad steward in any area of our life, the enemy will come in and steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, John 10, 10, says that Jesus comes to give you life and abundance. So the key is stewarding. It's not money. Amen? So listen very closely. This is not a series of teaching on finances to ridicule anybody or to cause anybody to feel bad about themselves. This is to give you revelation because the deception of the world is to cause you to look at those little boxes in, in the aisle and to despise it because you don't have. And at times people don't go to church anymore because they gave money to purchase a pew and then a new pastor comes in and he takes their name off the pew because we don't go around, you know, rejoicing because we did something. We go around humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God that in due time, the perfect time, he will raise us up. But our responsibility is to be a good steward. Amen, follow me. I'm telling you, don't shut me off either because I'm telling you, it will change your life. If you learn being a good steward regarding every area of your life. So why would God give something to someone who will waste it or blow it? God's a good steward of creation. The Holy Spirit is looking for good stewards that he can bless. See, that's been my mentality for decades now in my life. <clears throat> I have learned to be good steward of what God gave me. And I want to tell you, for the first 15 to 20 years of ministry, of the years, raising my children and all that, I had little. But I still was a good steward of the little. <clears throat> Not that I'm rich now, but I've been a good steward, and I am here to tell you that I am sitting here, standing here, living life with you, telling you that being a good steward works, and that I am blessed above measure 
And it's not just about finances. Because God's heart is for the poor, his heart is for the orphan, and his heart is for the widows. And because I've been a good steward, I am able to bless all three. God is looking for someone that can help these who can't do it themselves. There are people out there that don't understand, that don't have the revelation that you have, but you do and you can help them. But God does not give back to those who know and don't steward. God channels resources to those in need. He will give money to people because he can trust them to give it away. He will bless you with time because he knows uh, you will use that time for the kingdom not to lay around. Watching TV all day. In the kingdom of God, he is looking for good stewards to increase them. And so I've lined myself up in the kingdom and I'm in line saying, God, I'm ready for you to increase in every area of my life. I have a wonderful family. We're not perfect. I have an amazing wife. I know you think this, but she's not perfect either. And neither am I, but she's amazing. I am blessed above all things, blessed with you, friends, brothers, sisters in the Lord, because I have stewarded my time well to be able to give into you. And because of that, throughout the years, as I mentioned the names of those in other countries, that it is exploding in teaching the Word of God all over the world. Why is that? Not because I'm any better than anybody else. Sometimes I can't teach out of a paper bag. But I want to tell you, because I'm a good steward, God bless us. Become a good steward of what God has given you, and you will increase. Luke 16, let's read this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Money, time, all the above. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So this is my paraphrase of this scripture. God is saying, if I can't trust you with the little, then I can't trust you with a lot or abundance. Most people think if I had a lot, I would be a better steward. I would give more. I'm telling you, I have watched people who were poor, who understood Scripture, who began to do it. God began to bless them and bless them and bless them. And when they got rich, they stopped giving because their money was their God. God is saying, if you don't steward the little, well, it is impossible for you to steward a lot. So until I learn to steward, we learn to steward what we have. God is saying, and here's a paraphrase, if I can't trust you with money, I can't trust you with ministry. 
That's what he's saying here. I have watched people that were successful in business and they looked like they were ready for ministry. They got it in ministry and they fell flat on their face. They looked good. They had money. They had things. But because they didn't steward it well, they couldn't minister. It couldn't be trusted by God to minister to people. Let me tell you what the word true riches is. I'm, I'm showing you a lot here. This is a lot of revelation here. So you can listen to it over and over. True riches is the abundance of ministry to people or the ability to love people. If I can't trust you with a dollar bill, he says, I certainly can't trust you with a soul because a soul is much more important than things. Another way of saying it, if you can't steward an unrighteous part of your life, money, I will not allow you to steward the righteous souls. God says, if you're not faithful in someone else's, I will not give you your own. If you're not a good employee, you wouldn't be a good employer. Many people get angry at work. They're good. They're talented. Why? Because God gave us talents. They're good. So they say, well, you know, I'm not going to let anybody else tell me what to do. I'm going to go do my own thing. They're doing out of spite. They're doing out of anger. They're doing out of hurt. They go to start a business and they become poor again because they can't steward a business well. All good stewards now do three things. All good stewards do three things. They spend wisely, they save, and they give. They spend wisely, they save, and they give. Let me tell you a little bit about saving. You will never be a good steward until you learn to put a little away. I remember $5 a paycheck was the only thing I could put away because that's all I made, $5. And that $5 looked like a million dollars when I passed by McDonald's or Burger King. People believe these lies. If, if you live by faith, you won't have or get these or buy these. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Savings account, well, I just live by faith. God's going to supply all my every need. Well, that's what Scripture says, but good stewards. Some Christians don't believe in a saving account because I'm going to die one day and go, and go to heaven, and I'm not going to take that money with me. Well, you know what I thought? If I have a savings account, then I can leave it with my family, leave some with the church, leave some for the poor. How about health insurance? I don't need health insurance. God is my healer. Amen. Amen. But Hebrews 11 tells us that a lot of people die early. Why do they die early? Because they had this kind of idea. Okay, here's the, the terrible, unfaithful type of thing. How about life insurance? Well, I'm not going to get life insurance because I'm a faith guy. You know how many people that I have helped their spouses 
You know how many people that I've helped their spouses? Missionaries? My wife and I, a while ago, gave an abundance of money to missionaries and teamed up with about 20 other couples who are in ministry to bless this woman, to get her a small trailer to live in in an area where she would be blessed, live the rest of her life, and it was a nice area. And so we put it all together to be able to help her. Life insurance. There was a time I looked at my wife, I said, you know I'm, I'm worth more to you dead than alive. <laughs> now it's about even. <laughs> so I have hope I'll live a long life. How about planning for the future? Life. How about death? How about where you're going to get buried? Are you going to leave that for your kids for $20,000? Amen. (laughs) How about old age? We're all believing for old age, but we don't plan for it. I'm planning for old age. Amen. Doing the best I can. Stewarding well. Consistent, faithful to it. Why is that? Because I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love my church. I love life. And even in death, I want to be a blessing to life. Many months ago, as I said earlier, that uh, Terry and I helped the missionary. The husband passed away. And um, the husband didn't plan. She was a blessing. She was a blessing. There are, there are wives that we've helped that their husbands passed away and their husband didn't plan. And I want to tell you, it's not because they were awful people. They just didn't plan. They didn't steward well. And I want to tell you, that breaks my heart. That hurts me more than when someone passes away. Because when they pass away, God's grace, I know they're in heaven. And my greatest desire as a pastor is to help you to understand is to plan, steward well. You can also call it a budget. Now I'm gonna go very quick because of time frame and I'm gonna just give you five areas of budget real quickly. You can listen to it again. Savings for things you want. Is there anything anybody wants? Stop using a credit card and then paying the credit card interest. Save for it and then buy it, like golf clubs. <laughs> How about savings for things you need? Cars, clothes, college. My wife and I got to the place in our life, not that we're making a lot of money, but we've been good stewards, we've invested, we've done a lot of things on the outside. We've used financial direct uh, advisors and uh, worked with that. And now before, we used to uh, pay a monthly payment for a car. Now when we get a new car, we pay cash for it. That didn't happen for 30 years of our marriage because we didn't have it. But we were planning. We were being good stewards, and God blessed. How about savings for emergencies? A buffer. Before, my emergency fund was $300. 
that wouldn't buy you dinner at a nice restaurant. $300. But I still did it. I was a good steward with what I had. Savings for the future, retirement, savings for giving. I use the 10% principle in my giving. Every time that money comes in, uh, in, in my life or Terry's life, we tithe, but we also give above and beyond our tithe to the church, but we also give away 10%. I don't want any line in front of my office door either. But we, we give 10%. Why is that? Because that is stewarding. We give to the poor. We give to the widow. We give we, what we just talked about. Have you ever saved and given a large amount? It's awesome. It's awesome. I've given away cars. I've given away large amounts. But God always comes through with that. I don't give so that God can give back to me, but that's scripture. It's kingdom. I live that lifestyle. If I give, it's returning back to me. It always does. Always does. <clears throat> so, you want to do that in life? Then begin to be a good steward where you're at. Start now. If you barely are making it from paycheck, especially today's day, paycheck to paycheck, start. Start. $5 a paycheck. Here's the fifth decree. You shall not teach your family that having and spending money is the answer to your problems. You shall not teach your family that having and spending money is the answer to your problems. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So why does God want children to honor, respect their parents? Here's the answer. In the atmosphere of honor, and respect, you learn. And here it is. The hardest people to honor and respect, especially when you're a teenager, are your parents. The easiest people to respect in your life, especially as teenagers, are your parents. Okay? That's why God says, honor your mother and your father. We must do that because that's a principle of stewarding life. It's a principle, it's a decree of honor, not only stewarding, but also being a person of honor. It bugs me when I watch people dishonor other people. I want to go and do a Will Smith to them. <laughs> God wants children to learn from their parents. There are a lot of children who grow up and do not know how to steward life. They don't. They don't know how to steward life. They are talented young people, smart, Man, our young people are so smart today. It's amazing. It, it, but see, God builds. He builds. 
So every generation, they get smarter. But when honor is not there, they may get smarter, but they become dumber in life. And they begin to live their lives wondering why things aren't happening for them. And then the expectancy is is someone to give it to them. And we must teach our children that it's not having money or spending money. Look at Hollywood. Look at pro athletes. I did chaplaincy with the Panthers. Best friends with, with some of the Panthers. And some of these guys made millions, and within a year to five years out of football, they were broke. Give me one year of your salary, I'll make it last for a lifetime. Amen. Children need to learn their values from their parents. Even if the parents' values are contrary to Scripture, learn to be scriptural. There's probably 80% I learned from my parents that was right and 20% what was wrong. But I didn't dishonor them because of that. I loved them in spite of that 20%. And I honored them. Children must respect and honor. We all must respect and honor. But you learn it as a child. So your children will learn how to relate to money from you. Spending and having money is not the answer to your problem. God is the answer to your problem. Even if you had, uh, you know, you need more money, God is the answer, and it is there, but his answer is learning his ways. A money tree doesn't grow on your front porch. Luke 16, 13 says, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon is the God of the Syrians of the day, and he was the God of riches. So you cannot serve God and the God of riches or mammon. They are in direct contrast of each other. Mammon promises everything that only God can give you. Mammon promises everything that only God can give you. Church family, the world has given you a lie that you are to believe, you are to believe that certain people can provide for you. If you serve mammon, you think this way. If you had more money, people would listen to you. You'd have respect. If you had more money, you would have significance. If you had more, you could live a better life. And if you had more money, you would have security. Only God gave those. And even though I'm not rich, I have all those in my life because I have stewarded well. You can't serve God in mammon. You can't worship things and worship money. If the Lord came to me and said, I want you to give everything I've given you away, I would do it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't have to pray about it. Maybe the golf clubs, but you know. (laughs) You know I'm kidding. 
Matter of fact, let me tell you in a deep way, scriptural way, mammon is the spirit of the Antichrist. Mammon is the spirit of Antichrist. The Antichrist in Revelation will not rule all the fear today through nuclear power, but will rule by by you being able or not being able to buy or sell. In other words, a few people in the upper echelon, government will tell you how much you can make, what you can't do, and how you can live. In other countries, the communistic, socialist countries, they tell the people how much they can make and what they are supposed to do. So how'd you like to live in another country and said, oh, you turned 18? All right, you're going to be a dishwasher the rest of your life. That's it. Why? Because they have the power, and if you don't listen to them, they put you in jail. It's called no freedom. And we are believing the teaching of the Antichrist in America today. In the end days, if you don't take the mark of the beast, which rules your money. According to Jesus, if you serve money, you won't serve God. If your children serve money, your God won't be your children's God because you can't serve two gods. Here's the sixth decree. Oh, I knew you'd get quiet on that one. Here's the sixth one. You shall take time to budget, oops, plan, and set goals for your finances. You shall take time to budget, plan, and set goals for your finances. Exodus 20, verse 13. You're going to laugh at this. You shall not murder. How in the world, pastor, did you get that statement out of there? Well, let me tell you. If you don't have a budget, <laughs> you're killing yourself. <laughs> it's a slow, painful death to not having enough to be short every paycheck. The washer breaks. That's murder. The car needs the oil change, but you don't have money, so you keep driving until the car engine burns up. You've just killed your engine because you haven't planned. Some of you are living from paycheck to paycheck. You're running short. You're using a credit card. Let me tell you, it's not because you're a bad person. Everyone, look, everyone just look at me, please. That's not what we're saying. That's not what God's saying. What God is saying, we need to relate to every area of our life in kingdom reality and do it whether it seems like it doesn't work. People will hear a message on tithe. Oh, really? Oh, great. God will give me money. And, and, and we tithe and it doesn't work after a month, so we stop tithing. See, it's a lifestyle. It's the heart. You have to plan to reach the goal and the budget is the guideline to keep you in the plan. Let me tell you how to do this. 
And I do this in my own life. And this isn't my idea. I read this in a book. I would love to buy that thing now, but let's see what Mr. Budget says. Mr. Budget, do we have this kind of money to buy that? Mr. Budget says, no, you don't have it. But Mr. Budget is always right. But Mr. Budget is a mean person. You allow the budget to make, watch this, non-emotional decisions for you about emotional decisions. Let me say it again so you get it. You allow Mr. Budget to make non-emotional decisions. Husband and wife, yeah, but, but we got that and, and we got that and, and it's more like what you got. And well, I know, but we needed that, yeah. But, but how come I can't get this? Because we got this. Mm. Mr. Budget makes non-emotional decisions. And it's not the husband or the wife. Okay? Or it's not you and your emotions. Mr. Budget says, no. So you go, but what does that mean? No, now. He didn't say, no, you can't have it, but no, now. What does Mr. Budget say? In six months, you'll have it. And you buy it. So Mr. MasterCard sends you their bill, and it has zero balance. Mr. Bank sends you a, a paper that says, all paid off. But the reality is, is because we get into arguments, and after a while, we just fall apart, and we do it, and we get in debt again. Then all of a sudden, emergency fund, everything is gone. This sounds so non-biblical, but I want to tell you, this is what the Bible is saying to us. And there are so many Christians today that are hurting, and it breaks my heart. But God cares for the poor, the widow indeed. He cares about your need, but he's saying you must begin to steward this. You must begin to teach your children regarding money, and you must get to that place where you budget for everything. How much do you want to have in your bank when you're 40? What do you have to do to get it there? How much you want to give when you're 40? <laughs> I want to tell you, in my working now, not 30 years ago, because I didn't really understand it, in my workings now with finances, my heart leans more towards what can I give away? What can I give away? It really is. And, and, and it just seems like all the time the Lord says, do this. Uh, yesterday, my wife and I spent two hours shopping to buy a bunch of stuff for a ministry in our church. Amen. It was over $300. And it came from our budget of what we had for the month 
for each one of us to spend individually. And we gathered together and we, we bought it. Amen. You allow the budget to make those non-emotional decisions. So go to a professional to learn how to do it. We have those professionals in our church. If you want to know someone in our church that is financial advisors, then you can go to the office and we will give you the name. And I don't need, you know, so-and-so's brothers, brother-in-law, whatever that does that. We're going to work with people that are in the church, okay? The reason you don't is you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed about going to someone to help you. Pastor Nolan has counseled many people. I stay away from counseling a lot of people regarding a lot of things in that area because then when they hear me on Sunday morning, they only relate to me regarding their finances. And they're hurting in their finances. And because they're hurting in their finances, they don't want to listen to the truth of the Word of God. So I just walk in wisdom, and I release it to Pastor Nolan. And, uh, and he's counseled greatly many people. So get help. If you're sick, you go to God and a doctor. So if you're financially sick, you go to God and financial doctors, or at least a nurse. <laughs> financial difficulties murders a lot of your plans. How many of you and I'm going to say this term, but we need to get out of this term. We need to have a faith list. But how many of you have a wish list? That it seems like every time you get close to your wish list, something happens and it rips you off. Can I just say this in a very loving way? The teaching that I did a couple weeks ago before Mother's Day and that Sunday and then today and next week, will give you principles to begin to transform and change and have a breakthrough regarding your finances. And I ask you would do that because God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It's not about does God have money or not. It's about are we living in, in financial Financial kingdom realities. And if we are, expect not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, expect God to begin turning things around for you. Amen. See, I, it's like I'm excited because there, there's something that my wife uh, invested in, you know, uh, 25 years ago, and we're going to sell it. And you know the greatest thing about selling it is not because I'm going to get a chunk of money. The greatest thing about selling it is I get to tithe on it and give an offering from it. And, and you look at me, I'm not trying to, you know, you know me, I rarely talk about me, me, me. I talk about Scripture and Jesus. But this is Scripture and Jesus but I just want you to know, a lot of times when a pastor talks about money, oh, well, yeah, he didn't have the problems I got. Really? Really? And hopefully I don't embarrass him, but Jim, how many people 
have come to you as a financial advisor, and they basically had nothing. But 20 years later, they're ready to retire because of the wisdom you gave them regarding finances. A lot. Dr. Mila, I know with some of the business you work with, how many people have trusted in your ministry and Mighty Dove and have invested into things and today they're much better off because they have stewarded their finances well. Okay. See, I can go a few more people that I see in, in the house today. We have to recognize that God wants us to live a life of blessing and it's doing it his way. Let's all stand. Start today. See, as I can't wait to give that larger sum, I already did about six months ago, Terry and I did, a larger sum because of transitioning investments. And I sound like I'm smart. I'm not. I'm not in this church. I use wisdom. I have a financial advisor that I had. I've had him for 35, 38 years. And, and I'd love to use some of you that are here, but I already have one. And I was just with him a few weeks ago. And, and so we, we gave a large sum. We're going to give another large sum to the church. Why is that? Because this is our family. This is where we're fed. Believe it or not, I'm fed by you. You know how many of you bless me with the wisdom of the Lord as I sit with many of you and you talk about Scripture? I just had lunch with Pastor Angel this week and we are talking about things. I'm blessed when I leave him. He always says, Pastor, thank you that you spent time with me. I'm blessed because I'm with him. Amen. Because why? I have stewarded honor. I honor people. That's the lifestyle all of us need to live. And if you have, you think back, received a large sum of money from inheritance, whatever it may be, and you did not tithe, you go back you talk to your spouse and you say, you know what? We blew it here. We did not tithe. We did not give from that. And I'm not talking about doing what we did. We give double the amount. Because my faith in this level that I'm talking to you about is huge. It's huge. And you just do that. Has, has things gone awry at times? Yeah, I invested in something with a guy in this church years ago, and I gave my life savings. And basically, it was a scam. And he took it all. You know, my first instinct, God? Nah. I didn't find counsel. I just thought I knew better. Now I get counsel. I don't do any major thing unless I talk to at least two or three of my mentors and lay it out before them. They pray about it and they come back to me. 
I don't go around, you know, talking about that all the time. Why is that? Because you know what my call is? My call is to teach the Word of God, teach you things in the Word of God, which is what I just taught. But I'm giving you reality of kingdom life. Last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to sound political. We have come to the place in the United States of America. Absolute disrespect of the church. Absolute disrespect of the church. It used to be that when I talked to people that I didn't know, they found out what I did for a living, they would almost get on their knees and repent. Don't repent to me, it's Jesus, you know. And now, oh, I don't like the church. They're only after money. They only talk about money. Right? Well, let me tell you how that's happened, the deception of the world. Marxism has been around since the beginning of time with people. Marxism is a word, term, for communism. Communism is a harsh word that is blanketed over to hide with the term socialism, which turns God of mammon the God of people, where a few people will run your stewarding life. They will tell you what to buy. They will tell you how much. They will tell you how much you make. All of that. We have to get to a place in our life that we understand what's happening to destroy the the, uh, United States of America. If we can get the United States of America, that's what they're thinking, to believe in this Marxism, then we have the United States which in turn, which is starting now with the Marxism, communism, socialism, is attacking the church and the sanctity of life. And we have to get to a place that we understand that we are to steward well the poor. And it's the poor that they are attacking regarding abortion, regarding welfare, regarding all these things, keeping everybody tied down to the government. That's not true freedom. That is true bondage. We have to, as a church, begin to rise up, not being political, not hate people, not go destroy other people's lives and self-worth, but begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, let the anointing and the breakthrough in our finances explode in our hearts and minds. Because, Father, it's not about what we have. It's about our heart, choices that we make. Lord, I I proclaim to the very youngest, to the very oldest, that there can be a transformation in their life today when they decide to steward life well. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.